Children are dismissed now for Children's Church. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of John, chapter 18, verses 33 through 38. Hear these words. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is an interesting Sunday each year. Uh, we do some, some work. It's a dynamic Sunday. We come in and we sing and we cry Hosanna. And as we leave, just as Jesus, our face is set for a week of passion, Holy Week. That's the movement we're going to talk about today. So as we do that, I invite you to pray with me. God, we thank you for this word your scripture, your story that pushes us and challenges us, that makes us think that it's bigger than we can imagine, but ever present with us. Guide us now that we would hear your word for us this day. It is my prayer that you would speak through me, and if necessary, in spite, speak, O oh God, that we would hear your word this day. It is in Jesus' name that we pray, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. I love the, the imagery of that first Palm Sunday. I mean, we didn't, they didn't know, the folks there didn't know it would be Palm Sunday today. But. And uh, in Riverside Church uh, in 1987, William Sloan Coffin uh, preached a sermon. And in that sermon, he, he used an illustration or an imagery of, the, of Palm Sunday. And I'd like to start with that because I, he captures, captures it in a way that I just think is incredible. So hear these words from, from Coffin. To catch the mood that mingles piety and pageantry, religion and politics. Try first to picture Jerusalem as it was in those days. Try to bear and to hear the shrill cries of the traitors. The clatter made by the barbers with their shaving utensils, the cobblers with the heels of their slippers, the perfumers with their copper bowls. 
Try also to hear the mules groaning and quarreling with the wagoneers. Imagine the company of Roman soldiers trying to make their way through the throngs of the people pressing in. Imagine the medley of smells and sights and sounds. Then picture the pilgrims as they approach the city two by two or three by three, whole villages at a time, multitudes from all over the country on a holiday. And more than ready to celebrate the Passover, the deliverance of their forebearers out of Egypt, remember that they once again have fallen anew into servitude with Rome, which means they were already redoubled down in the zeal to give tribute to the days of old. Finally, in the midst of their exultant pilgrims, there are the Galileans, recognizable as such by their long hair, their eyes sparkle, their shouts reverberate across the valley and the streets of Jerusalem, and in their midst, riding on an ass in the heat of the sun and of the glory, is the Son of God, the Lord and Savior. His reticence is gone. Often he has forbidden his disciples to proclaim his Messiahship. Now he knows the hour has come. He is doing what Jeremiah and Ezekiel and the other prophets had done before him when words could serve no further purpose and had no effect. When people refused to understand the spoken message, the prophets took to dramatic action and turn their, their message into a picture that no one could fail to see. Today, by riding into Jerusalem as the king of peace and fulfillment of the prophecy of Zechariah, Jesus, in unmistakable fashion, is proclaiming himself as the prophesied Messiah. And don't the pilgrims know it? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. Glory to God in the highest. Hosanna. 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 These shouting, dancing pilgrims. They must have been swept away by the rapture of the world in that moment in time. Never before that day had they felt themselves so bursting with hope and adoration when they hit the city limits. They must have moved through those narrow, crowded, noisy, smelly streets like a roaring springtime torrent that had burst the banks of the river. Can you imagine what it must have been like for the pilgrims? Some folks, some folks, this was the first time they had made it to Jerusalem for a Passover. They had saved their whole lives to be a part of this ritual that is so important to their faith. For some folks, they came every year. But this year, this Passover, 
this pilgrimage, oh, it was different. When they hit the streets of Jerusalem, it was palpable. You could feel it in the air. Have you ever had a moment like that where, where you walk into something or a situation or an experience and, and you walk in and you think it's going to be one thing and then all of a sudden you are in a moment in your life that is life-changing? In this case, history-changing. History-changing. I, I cannot imagine what it must have been like for the pilgrims that for the first time came to Jerusalem. Oh my gosh, what that must have felt like. Expectation and hope. And then this Messiah. The kingdom has really come here on earth. As we enter this holy week, May we find moments of pause where we imagine just for a moment that first Palm Sunday. Yeah, they didn't know that it was Palm Sunday. They didn't know exactly what they were experiencing, but they knew they were experiencing something different. Oh, may that shape who we are, how we experience this week. So I've really enjoyed uh, this Lenten season and especially the series of I am statements and, and walking through with the, the banners, with the words and with the, the, the visuals, studying closely, looking at closely the I am statements of Jesus. But one of, the, one of my favorite parts of this has been uh, when we put in the bulletin a few weeks back and, and lots of you had the opportunity to, to share your own I am statements. Uh, I like that for a couple reasons. One, it's just fun to hear what and see what folks write. Uh, thanks to everyone that did that. And if you hadn't had a chance, please feel free to continue to share and put them in one of our boxes. And the other thing that it reminds us of is that God's word is still, I mean, that's the beginning of John. The beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. When we write our own I am statements, there's a an intimacy that comes with the knowledge and, and knowing and wanting to know Christ. It also reminds us that God's word is still being written in the world. We are still participating in the ongoing work of the Logos, the word of Christ, the word of God in the world. And I just love some of the, I want to share, these, these are not all of them, so if you, you don't hear yours, I apologize. But these are just a few of them. Uh, they weren't I didn't choose I am a Tar Heel. That was not one that I chose to share. Um, but here are some that folks shared. I just want you to hear these. I am the healer. I am the dove. I am the lamb. I am the holiday celebration. I am the mother. I am the calm voice, I am grace, I am the voice of love, I am peace, I am the voice of compassion, I am the guide, I am the wind, I am song, I am the air we breathe, I am flight, I am the rustling grass, I am the path, I am the embracing heart, I am the way forward. 
I am family. I am the whispered scream. I am the church. Now, you know we up here that get to, to share each week, we love, the, we love metaphor. I mean, metaphor is wonderful. It's, it's something that's a little more uh, tangible that helps us understand those things that are a little less tangible. A metaphor helps us to understand Jesus. These I am statements in the Gospel of John help us to understand Jesus just a little more. It's intimate. It's personal. These I am statements that you all wrote are intimate and personal. I can just hear the rustling of the grass, the whispered scream, the mother, the peace. But the thing about a metaphor is, is that it breaks down. Metaphors are never perfect, right? They're, they're something we use to understand, but that understanding isn't always perfect. And, and it's hard because we want, we want it to be just right. And, and especially when we're talking about our faith and we're talking about Jesus, we want it to, to fit a little more. And as I began to think about this day, this Palm Sunday to Passion Sunday and this movement that we make, I, I began to realize that a lot of times even our understanding maybe breaks down a little bit. And um, I went to music. A lot of times song lyrics is where I go when I'm, when I'm trying to think through that which I don't understand. How many of you all know the Avid Brothers? Yeah, a few. You should go Google them this afternoon, please. Um, Jim Avid, the Avid Brothers' dad, played here a few, few years ago in a concert. Uh, there's some Avid Brothers are guys about my age uh, from Concord, North Carolina. They... Um, Son of a grandson of a Methodist minister, um, and a lot of their songs have, have overtones that help us to think. They're metaphors that help us to think a little more about what it means to be human and what it means to be people. But they have this line that really struck me this week in their song Ten Thousand Words." It struck me this week as I thought through the metaphors and the, the we have these metaphors, but yet they break down. And they say this: say this. Ain't it like most people, I'm no different. We love to talk on things we don't know about. Did you catch that? Ain't it like most people, I'm no different. We love to talk on things we don't know about. I think a lot of times that's what we do when we stand here and preach. And I think that's okay because that's part of where faith comes in, right? That's part of where faith, believing in those things we don't know, hoping things we haven't seen. It's where it comes in that there are things that are mysteries. And when we, we talk about this, sometimes we talk about things we don't exactly know, but things we hope for. Things maybe we haven't seen, but we, we want to experience. I thought about that in light of, of the, the metaphors in the Gospel of John, the I am statements, and how they might break down. Like, like I am the bread of life, but what if the bread's moldy? I am the light of the world, but, but what about the darkness and the beauty that is in darkness? Man, a, a dark night is just sometimes a gorgeous place. I am the way, the truth, and the life, but what if the directions are wrong? Or what if we get lost? I am the true vine. What if the vine dies and doesn't come back? I'm not saying we shouldn't use the metaphors. We just recognize that sometimes they break down, and that's where our faith comes in. Frederick Buechner says in Secrets in the Dark, it is the story of a mystery we must never assume we understand that comes to us breathless and broken 
with unspeakable beauty at its heart. And yet it by no means is a pretty story. It is a story that is breathless and broken with unspeakable beauty. Oh, these I am statements, this season, this time, this week reminds us that this is not a pretty story, but it is our story that we're a part of. In the same way that we wrote our own I am statements, we participate even this week once again in the work of the word, the Christ in the world. Some of you may be wondering if we're ever going to talk about the John 18 text. <laughs> we are. Um, so I love, I love this text, and the reason we're, we're, we're using this today is because uh, the writer of the Gospel of John is an incredible, the literary ability is amazing. Uh, this dialogue between Pilate and Jesus um, harkens back to the I am statements of, of the Gospel of John and reminds us and shows us a different way that Jesus is starting to bring in in, in the inbreaking of a new kind of kingdom in the world. And so I actually want to go through uh, the dialogue real quick. Pilate says, are you the king of the Jews? Small excursus. When, when we see this phrase, the Jews, which happens throughout this, these chapters in the Gospel of John, I want to be real clear. This is not an anti-Semitic uh, anything in the Gospel. Uh, folks, for generation, folks have used this as, a, as an, you know, the Jews, the Jews are, they, we've used that as an anti-Semitic word, and it's not that. When the writer of the Gospel of John uses the phrase, the Jews, the writer's talking about a very specific group of people at a very specific point in time that had a very particular role in Jesus' life and in this story. It is by no means a blanket statement about a group of people. Um, but Jesus says, do you ask on your own or did others tell you about me? And Pilate replied, kind of taken aback, I am not a Jew, am I? Now, this is really important. This is where we begin to get in this back and forth that shows the literary nature of the Gospel of John. I am not a Jew, am I? Ego me. the same phrase that uses, is used in all the I am statements, the same phrase that Jesus will use at the end of this passage is the same phrase that's attributed to Pilate. It's this back and forth. It's a reminder of what we've experienced in the metaphor to bring us closer to Christ as Christ is entering into this week that will be the end of his life on earth in this form. My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. This is really important. The, the verb, the, the word, not the verb, the noun kingdom can also be translated kingship. So when I think of a kingdom, when we think of a kingdom, we think of a specific place or group of people that follow a certain person or certain group or idea, a kingdom, it's a thing. But when we think of the phrase kingship, it's how the king kings right? When we think of kingship as how the king leads, my kingship is not from this world. If my kingship were from this world, 
But as it is, my kingship, how I lead, Jesus says, how I am king is not from this world. Jesus is a king with humility. Jesus is a king that makes sure, folk, makes sure that folks on the outskirts of society feel like they're a part of something. Jesus is a king that is not a top-down king. He didn't ride in on a steed. He rode in on a donkey. He's a king that walked around the Middle East, getting to know folks that no one else paid attention to. His kingship is different. And so then Pilate, almost utterly confused at this point, because Pilate expects one kind of king. You see, Coffin makes such a good point the way he starts his passage to catch this mood that mingles with piety and pageantry, religion and politics. Jesus was a political martyr. This is a political action. He is defying the kingdom that is before him, the kingdom of the day, and saying, no, there's a different kingdom. There's a different way to be king, and I'm demonstrating that, and I'm going to show you that this week. And Pilate, because he hadn't seen anything like this, utterly confused, says, so you are a king? So you are a king? It's a question and Jesus replies once again, making sure to enter this I am phrase. So you say that I am a king. For this I was born and for this I came to the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate, Pilate because Pilate does not understand the story, says what is truth? Can you hear the statements from John, what is truth? I am the bread of life. What is truth? I am the light of the world. What is truth? I am the door. What is truth? I am the good shepherd. What is truth? I am the way, the truth, and the life. What is truth? I am the true vine. What is truth? The truth is that Jesus came and demonstrated then and even today to us that there's a different kind of kingdom there's a different kind of kingship that reshapes how we think and how we live and how we experience the world. Oh, that we once again would experience that this week. We've all lived through a lot of Holy Weeks, right? Like, there's been Holy Weeks for several thousand years now. And we have an opportunity just to let it pass by like another week. Just another week, we'll be here Sunday, there'll be more people to be crowded. Or, we have an opportunity with the smells and the sounds and the feelings that were palpable of Palm Sunday, of palpable of when Jesus entered Jerusalem, to reshape how we think about this week so that we really experience Monday, Thursday. That we really experience maybe a new Good Friday that we allow ourselves to sit in the darkness that is Holy Saturday. Ain't it like most people, I'm no different. We all love to talk about things we don't know about. And that's okay. Oh, but the faith that gives us hope in those things that we have not seen, 
or experienced. Hope in a kingdom that is not always obvious and a king that at times we wonder if is there, but we know and we hope and we pray in faith that we might have that experience. That together we might experience a kingdom, a kingship that reshapes the way we think here and now, this day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.